Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Friday, February 2nd. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, state legislators representing the Delta say they weren't consulted before the presentation of a plan to oversee health care in the region. Then 15 states opt out it opt out of a federal program that would have helped families feed their kids over the summer. Plus, the State House of Representatives advances a bill that would make Mississippi the 30th state to legalize online sports betting. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. State legislators representing the Delta are expressing their opposition to a proposal that would manage clinics and hospitals in the region under a single authority. The proposal was brought up during a joint meeting of the House and Senate Public Health Committees Tuesday. Proponents of the plan say it would allow health care providers to share resources between facilities that would provide more financial stability to smaller providers. The Delta Council is requesting between 5 to $10 million from the legislature for the authority. Democratic Representative John Hines of Greenville says he wasn't involved in the conversations. He tells our Will Stribling there needs to be more transparency with lawmakers representing their communities in the Delta. A presentation was made uh, from a group who had not spoken with all the stakeholders. Uh, it seemed to be a idea that uh, uh, one group could get in front of and take control of the health care delivery system in the Mississippi Delta. Um, as you know, there are um, monies being set aside to help uh, with regions all over the country that are struggling with health care. And so uh, collaborations are going to have to take place. A regional approach will have to take place. But the way this group was going about it was totally uh, inappropriate. Uh, it, it hint with uh, a sense of... Uh, just unfairness. And so uh, when you have um, legislators who have been asking for the expansion of Medicaid, when you have legislators who have been trying to uh, create a system around health care to improve the quality of life of uh, all Mississippians, but especially those ones in the Delta, and you don't have a conversation with them, you go through all kind of back channels to get what you want in place, that's unfair. If we had expanded Medicaid, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But uh, the truth of the matter is because of the shortage of providers, because of the, the shortage of services, uh, a regional approach does seem to make sense. 
However, you got to make sure everybody comes to the table. Most of the people who are seeing primary care providers uh, are being seen at federally qualified health centers. They were not even brought to the table. No conversation was had with, had with them. When you begin to look at uh, durable medical equipment companies, nobody had a conversation with them. When you talk about transportation services, nobody had a conversation with them. When you begin to look at the whole system as a whole, there are residency programs uh, at certain hospitals. There are residency programs that partner with uh, federally qualified health centers, and nobody had those conversations. So the presumption that they have solved the problem was uh, was highly unlikely. If the legislature is able to successfully expand Medicaid, okay, you're giving these people that access, but there are just, like you said, there's a lack of providers and services on the Delta. So how do we work to begin to, to, to move the needle on that issue? Well, what, what needs to happen is a group of like-minded individuals need to get in a room and have a conversation. you got to have the federal qualified health centers involved because they're providing a large amount of services in the Delta. you got to have the hospitals uh, at the table. you got to have ambulatory services at the table. you got to have, uh, again, the durable medical equipment, all those, and legislators and county super. Most of these hospitals are owned by the county. So you got to have those people sitting at the table uh, to understand what the investment will be from the local community and the responsibility of those. They hadn't even talked. They talked to a few CEOs, but they did not sit down and have a general conversation. And for them to say, well, we were going to make a second pass after we had this meeting yesterday was disingenuous. You, you tell us this is what we need to do rather than having a conversation and say, what, what do you think needs to happen? How can we work together to find solutions? They did none of that. We've done a little research, and it appears to be a money grab. Conversations about aiding the state's struggling health care system have been going on for years, but the issue has gained momentum leading into the 2024 session. Representative Hines says there does seem to be a pathway to including lawmakers in discussions. He hopes greater involvement can protect the interests of their residents. I had a conversation with the chairman yesterday, and he is open, open to finding a, a, a solution like we all are. Nobody's saying we don't want the help. In fact, we need the help. But the truth of the matter is the expansion of Medicaid and the loss of $16 billion, we would not be having this problem. And people need to own that. The loss of us um, not expanding Medicaid has caused this problem. And when you have an impoverished area of this state, we're not getting any economic development. People are being pushed other places. We're not seeing any reserves coming from the government. Um, the governor has stood in the way of all kind of programs. We have a problem in this state. So in order to heal this state, we've got to start making them proper investment. And uh, I do believe that with conversations with the chairman of the health committee, public health committee on both sides, they were willing to do something. We just got to line it up. But the only way you line it up is having conversations with individuals who are stakeholders and who have been trying to provide services. At Why are we trying to recreate the wheel? Why? There's, uh, if we want collaborations, if we want to do some things collectively and together uh, to make Mississippi better, then invite those people to the table. That's Democratic Representative John Hines of Greenville. Coming up, 15 states opted out of a federal program that would have helped families feed their kids over the summer. 
Gulf South advocates say the need is greater than one program. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Humor, stories, news, music. Our weekend lineup has it all. Tune in to enjoy the relaxed sound of the weekends on MPB Think Radio. Join us in praise for Hallelujah, a celebration of Mississippi gospel. Featuring the Mississippi Mass Choir and other gospel artists and choirs on MPB television, Thursday, February 8th at 7 p.m. And tune in for a special companion radio documentary highlighting Mississippi roots and gospel. Featuring leaders from the gospel community on MPB Big Radio, Saturday, February 10th at 6.30 p.m. Watch, listen, and sing along. Connect with the people looking to connect with you. Become an underwriter with Mississippi Public Broadcasting. For more information, go to mpbonline.org slash more slash underwriting. We try to make it easy for you to listen to MPB Think Radio with all the useful information you hear on our local programs, including car repair, your health, personal finance, technology, and more. You can listen on the radio in your car or at home, using your smart speaker or smartphone, or listening online. And coming soon, an exciting new way to access our local programs. MPB Think Radio, helping you lead a better life. I'm Scott Tong. One year after the train derailment that spilled hazardous chemicals in East Palestine, Ohio, many families are still waiting to go back home. We'll speak to one woman who had to leave her home nearby and take a second job in order to pay her rent. Next time, here and now. Today at noon on MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. This summer, children in the Gulf states will miss out on a federal program that provides low-income families with extra cash for groceries. Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana are among 15 states not taking advantage of the program. Meyer Miller with the Gulf States Newsroom says in a report that benefit is just one in a patchwork of systems aiming to address childhood hunger. It's after school on a Friday and nearly a dozen young kids are playing a card game called Mix Match. We gotta use the cards and then flip them over. If we don't match them, then we gotta put them back down. This is Operation Shoestring, an after-school program for kids from lower-income neighborhoods near the heart of Jackson. It's also a place that provides food. Executive Director Robert Langford says that's a key part of learning. In order to do well academically, and you've got to you know, have some food in your belly that's nutritious, that feeds you and sustains you, and that is a struggle. It's sort of a constant struggle uh, for our families. All of the children at Operation Shoestring qualify for free or reduced lunch during the school year. This means that for some, the food they receive during the day might be more than they have at home. Of course, that need continues when school is out. During the summer, Operation Shoestring stays open all day and is something of a food hub. Kids can get breakfast, take field trips, and get shuttled to one of the schools that provides summer meals. If we're serving a couple hundred kids, um, you know, think how many uh, kids aren't being served. 
There are many more kids to be served. One in four in Jackson live in poverty. USDA research shows that about a third of families living below the poverty line in America suffer from food insecurity. The summer grocery benefits are supposed to help. Extending a benefit that carried families during the pandemic means they would have received about 40 extra dollars a month per child for groceries. 21 million children are expected to participate. Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana are among the 15 states that did not enroll. It's estimated that 8 million kids will miss out on the extra cash. But even in the states that did enroll, that extra cash is just a drop in the bucket. You know, it's going to be helpful, but it's not going to... um solve all the problems of the world. That's Carol Gunlock. She's a senior policy analyst with Alabama Arise, a nonprofit focused on people who are living in poverty. In Alabama, 14 percent of Alabama households had reported in October that they had um, sometimes or often did not have enough food to eat. In Louisiana, it was 14 percent as well. And in Mississippi, it was 15 according to a U.S. Census survey on food scarcity. And that's when school is in session. Gunlock says inadequate food access goes deeper than just hunger. There's just the insecurity, the psychological um, pressures on a child if they don't know whether or not they are going to have enough to eat, which is why school meals are so important. Gunlock is hopeful that Alabama will take part in the Summer Grocery Benefits Program in 2025. But she says states have a number of other resources that could help more. The Child Tax Credit, SNAP, and expanding Medicaid. At Operation Shoestring, Robert Langford says they are always looking for ways to do their part. One of the things that we have done... Um, periodically, sometimes through the school year and certainly uh, during the summer, is on Fridays pack a sort of backpack of food for each child to take uh, home to his or her family. They hope to do that regularly this summer. For the Gulf States Newsroom, I'm Maya Miller. States Newsroom is a partnership among Mississippi Public Broadcasting and public radio stations in Alabama and Louisiana. Coming up, could Mississippians have access to online sports betting? More on that after the break. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Supporting Mississippi Public Broadcasting can take many forms. Would you like to sponsor your favorite program or leave a legacy in your will? You could purchase our specialty car tag or donate a vehicle. Contribute appreciated stocks or buy a pair of socks from our web store. Do you make an automatic monthly sustaining donation? Connect with the MPB Foundation. Call us up or go to mpbonline.org. The radio reading service of Mississippi provides print-impaired Mississippians with news, information, and entertainment. To learn more or to see if you qualify, call 601-432-6301. Family owned. You know, I respect my dad a lot. I know it wasn't easy when he passed the baton to me, but in the end, he realized it was the best thing for the business to sometimes look at things from different colored lenses. Family owned, a legacy leadership podcast, exploring family businesses who make up the backbone of the American economy. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or go to mpbonline.org. 
work week ends with local programs on MPB Think Radio. At 9, all aspects of gardening are discussed on the Gestalt Gardener. Next Stop Mississippi highlights events taking place around the state at 10. At 11, explore women's health on Southern Remedy for Women. your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Milton, ASC Certified Master Technician. Let me help save you some money working on your cars. Listen to our podcast, AutoCorrect. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Members of the Mississippi House advance a bill that could legalize online sports betting in many parts of the state. Currently, sports bets can be placed if someone is physically at a casino. House Bill 744 titled the Mississippi Mobile Sports Wagering Act would allow online sports betting companies like DraftKings to expand operations. People could bet at home. Republican Casey Ure of Socher, the chair of the House Gaming Committee, authored the bill. He tells our Will Stribling this could bring in a lot of gaming revenue. Um, we're looking at 25 to 35 million, and as I said on the floor, um, a three, we have a $3 billion illegal market in Mississippi right now. So if you look at other states, that if when they legalized mobile sports betting, that turned 80%. So there, we could hit over $50 million the first year. Yeah, you talk a bit about, you mentioned it on the floor, about how other states are, are, are moving on this right now and Mississippi needed to, to make moves to stay competitive in this market. That's right. As we know today, the Georgia Senate passed mobile sports betting. Tennessee, Louisiana, Arkansas have it already, so we have to stay competitive. We know that Alabama is possibly fixing to pass a gaming package, which is going to be the lottery, casinos, mobile sports betting. And so I I just think Mississippi's got to stay competitive and offer another product that's wanted at this day and time. Uh, And can you explain to me what the the reasoning is behind a casino being able to uh, partner with one platform? You know, just why restrict the market in that way? So... My number one goal was to protect our bricks-and-mortar casinos that have invested billions of dollars in Mississippi. And going through the industry, um, we looked at it, and we found that partnering with only one platform was the best way to protect our bricks-and-mortar. Well, what protections does it offer there, like, specifically? So it just doesn't allow. It makes one platform have to go through a bricks-and-mortar casino. It doesn't... It doesn't allow the DraftKings and FanDuel to come into our state and take away from our bricks and mortar and be their own platform by themselves. It, they have the money has to go back through a bricks and mortar casino. Well, and then, on this, what are your top priorities for the session? What are you looking to, to see get done over the next obviously, few months? Obviously, today is just the first step. We have to get this bill through the Senate and get it to the governor's office. So the, with 26 casinos, there's approximately 30 to 40 platforms out there. And you're, you're allowed to create your own platform. So it doesn't hold you back from creating your own platform, as it is referred to as a skin. Um, what we did is we in the bill, we protected the bricks and mortar that, that, one pla- uh, that a platform cannot come into our state and not go through a bricks and mortar. 
Once a player leaves Mississippi, the bill requires them to be blocked from placing bets through a security measure called geofencing. The exception, they'd have to move to another state where it's legal. Not all members of the chamber supported the measure. Some say there needs to be more discussion about how revenue from online sports betting would be distributed. House Minority Leader Robert Johnson of Natchez says sports betting will happen. He wants the money put to good use. He introduced an amendment that would send those funds to local governments within a 40-mile radius of where the bets were placed. It was rejected by his Republican colleagues. Even though they've had hearings on this bill, as you heard me ask the question, there's been a peer report. The chairman talked about 25 to $30 million. Peer report projects maybe 12 to $12.8 million. That has some bearing on where, where the money ought to go, what we ought to do with it. Uh, you, if it's only $12.8 million, that, you, know, you can do 12 miles of road with $12.8 million. It doesn't do a whole lot for the emergency bridge program. So I, I think the lady from Jones had a good point. Maybe that money needs to go somewhere where it have the most impact. The other issue is some of us represent small market casino markets. Mobile betting is inevitable. It, it's, it's coming. It's going to happen. And to the extent that it does, that means people who would otherwise be spending money helping keep the casino in a small market like mine, keeping it open, will not be coming to the casino. They'll be sitting at home on their phone or somewhere on their their phone doing it. So if that's going to happen, at least let the money follow where the casino is. If you're in Natchez and and you're on a platform, that platform, no matter what contract, what casino they have a contract with, that platform's revenue ought to go to the, the local casino. It keeps the casino open, it keeps the jobs there, and keeps some, some revenue in that county or that area where it is. And so that's all, that's all I wanted to do. Uh, I don't have a problem with uh, sports betting, but to the extent that we're going to do it, let's make sure that, again, we take care of all the markets in the state of Mississippi. And so I voted against the bill because I don't think it was correct. And I also don't think that all the information we need to vote correctly on the bill was provided to us. House Republican Lee Yancey of Brandon also voted against the measure. He says casinos on the coast are split about how online sports betting could affect their businesses and the tourism. I think there's not a consensus on what the coast really wants on this. Uh, I have... I talked to mayors on the coast. I have talked to other elected officials from the coast who uh, I have known through my years in the legislature who have a lot of questions about this bill and who were not necessarily in favor of this bill. All of the casinos don't want this. Some some do and some don't. Uh, There were lots of questions about where the money would go, and I'm not satisfied that those questions were answered. And, you know, if this if this kind of thing is going to happen, I'd like to see uh, everyone get on board and and work out their differences before they bring it to the rest of us. What were casinos saying? Oh, I don't know. I just know some want it and some don't. So, you know, I didn't get in the the weeds on it. Uh, I usually stay on the weeds on something else. um, But I wanted there to be more consensus and and a lot less questions as to what was going on. And it seemed like that none of the mayors had been consulted. Uh, it, it seemed like a purely a, a casino move. Yancey does support using the revenue for roads and bridges. I think that's a good diversion. Uh, generally, the Senate doesn't like diversions, and I, I predict that that would come out at some point. So it was kind of a moot point to put it in there because uh, it was the only way it was going to pass the House, and then it was going to have to 
I think the Senate would take it out. So in conference, we wouldn't even be dealing with that. So Yancey does say this could reduce illegal and unregulated sports betting. What we've learned as a result of, of studying this bill to the degree that we have is that we have we already have sports betting in our state. Uh, it's one of the most uh, unregulated, illegal things going on. And so I think this is an effort to uh, regulate that illegal activity and tax that activity and, and let the state have some benefit from it because it's already going on. Um, but, um, again... There didn't seem to be a consensus among all of the players and uh, particularly the mayors on the coast. The bill now goes to the Senate for consideration. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.